0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as I was thinking about it, I thought, what are we overflowing with today? Are you overflowing with hope, joy, peace, or are you filled with hope? challenge, pressure, anxiety, or fear. And today, I believe in His presence. God's saying, I just want to fill you up with hope. Let's reach up to heaven again and just say, Lord... Lord, I let go. I give you any fears or pressures. Lord, challenges, things that try to overwhelm me. Lord, I give them to you. And right now I reach up and, Holy Spirit, I receive your hope, your strength, your love, your joy, your peace. Lord, I receive that by faith and I choose to live in that because, Holy Spirit, you fill our lives, you fill this place, and Lord, you pour it in. I pray that today, Lord, for some that have faced physical illness, Lord, of pressures in families financial situation. God, we release the God of hope right now. Holy Spirit, walk up and down these aisles and pour in your hope. Pour in your love. Lord, pour in your freedom. Lord, bring peace into those that have been troubled in their souls. I pray blessing over every marriage, every household. Lord, I thank you that you are the God of hope and we receive that and we live in the overflow of it in your awesome name. Amen. Amen. Let's take our seats. God's good. Yes, give Him praise today. What a good God we serve. Wow. As we saw on the screen, it's only two weeks to Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is 50 days after Jesus um, died and rose again. And we've got Steve Grace coming to sing and minister in our church, and then we're doing our combined church Pentecost service. And it got me thinking about the Holy Spirit and how awesome is the Spirit of the living God. That Jesus said, I'm going to send him to you. And we live with that joy and privilege. Acts 2, 1-4 reminds when the Holy Spirit was poured out. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Remember Pentecost was a celebration feast of the uh, uh, Jewish people. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. When the Spirit of God comes, He fills your house. And everything else, like Mary Lynn said, that he becomes the the significant one and everything else gets subdued and put down. And it says, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We see a great first outpouring of the Spirit of God. There was supernatural signs from heaven, wind and fire and tongues and prophecy and speaking in unknown languages. You think, wow, that was such an outpouring of the Spirit. Peter got up and explained what happened. because Everyone's saying, what's going on here today? This is just out there. They couldn't understand it. He gets up and preaches and in, in Acts 2, 17 and 18, he says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. That includes you and I sitting here today. All people throughout the centuries, throughout the generations. And that was from the prophet Joel that was prophesied centuries before. And I believe that the outpouring of the Spirit of the day of was the beginning of the fulfillment of that Scripture, but it is still being fulfilled today. Because we have not seen the Spirit of God poured out on all people across the earth. We've seen some great moves of God. We've seen lots of churches rise up. Many people come to Christ, but we have not seen the fulfillment of that yet. That was the beginning. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy to prophesy is not just standing up and speaking a word from God, your very life becomes prophetic because you live a life of hope instead of fear like so many others do. You live a life of of grace and peace in the midst of turmoil. You live a life, and that's a prophetic statement to the people that God's God and He wants to invade our world and live. So we live a prophetic lifestyle, and many of you have done that for years or decades, and I believe we're going to step in and see that happen more and more before this happened when Jesus on the earth he spoke in John 15 26 he promised the Holy Spirit was going to come and now weeks or months later it happened in John 15 26 in the amplified it says but when the helper the original word in uh, Greek is paraclete parakletos, which means helper but it also means at least seven other things And the Amplified helps us understand. It says the comforter. Thank God for the comforter of the Holy Spirit. The advocate. In other words, he's our lawyer that stands up when the enemy accuses you. He stands up and says, no, that person trusts in the blood of Jesus. They're forgiven. He's our advocate. He's also our intercessor. Hallelujah. He intercedes for us and he flows through us when we intercede. Thank God for that. He's our counsellor. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our divine counselor. How often have you been wrestling with an issue or a problem, trying to understand, and one morning you wake up and you've got it? And you know the Holy Spirit's been working on your brain overnight while you've been sleeping because you try and work it out here and reason it out. While you're sleeping, the Holy Spirit will often give you the answer. Or you'll be reading the scripture and all of a sudden you see it and think, how could I have been so silly not to see that? He's our counselor. He's also our strengthener. Thank God for his strength. I don't know about you, but when I worship or pray in my heavenly language that God's given me, within minutes I feel strength starting to surge in my soul. I see clarity come in my mind. And so he's great strength to our life. He's our standby. In other words, he's with you always. He's with us always. And I just want to remind us of how precious is the Holy Spirit as our paraclete. Says he says, when He comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth. So He's also the Spirit of truth. And the Holy Spirit has a way to get right through. We can be using lots of excuses, blaming everyone, avoiding, denying, pointing the finger, and the Holy Spirit say, oh, hold on, let me show a picture of what's really happening. And all of a sudden you start to see where you fit and what your part is and how God can help you to move on in freedom. That's our precious Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of truth. And He does it in love because He always speaks the truth in love. But thank God He doesn't avoid and He doesn't listen to our excuses. We're really good at excuses, but the Holy Spirit goes to the truth. What's the truth about this situation? What's the truth about this relationship? What's the truth about your attitudes? And if you listen long enough and open the Word and listen, He will show you what is the bigger picture. And it goes on and says, He comes to the Father, He will testify and bear witness about me. The Holy Spirit will always point to Jesus. That's why a lot of people miss the Holy Spirit's presence and work because He's always pointing to Jesus or the Father. He doesn't bring undue attention to Himself but He is God living in us and flowing in us and I'm hungry to see that happen more and more and more. Now that when the Holy Spirit works, we see a lot of things change and happen, but two significant things happen. You've got fruit of the Spirit and you've got gifts of the Spirit. <coughs> we need both of them. And today I want to just talk about the fruit of the Spirit for a bit. Because when the Holy Spirit's in us and flowing through us, you will see changed lives. And we notice that. We see that how it happens. And the fruit of the Spirit will grow in our lives. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Many of you are, have learnt this off. The kids in Kids Church last term were doing the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Oh, Really? I thought about preaching on self-control, but I thought everyone would tune out after 30 seconds, so I'm not good at that, so we're not not—we're going to talk about self-control. We'll let the Holy Spirit do that in our lives. But these are some of the fruit that will grow when you keep trusting and letting the Spirit of God work in you and through you. And some of you are amazed how once you were very impatient and then over time you become patient because the Spirit of God has adjusted the way you see life and the way you see yourself. And uh, it says... Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Wow. We're talking about following Jesus and the disciples followed Him step by step. The Holy Spirit, Jesus is not physically here on earth anymore. He sent the Holy Spirit. He says, my, He's my representative. So keep in step with the Spirit. And how awesome is life when you know you're walking in the Spirit? There's blessing, there's breakthrough, there's strength, there's wisdom, there's courage in the face of challenges. How awesome is it when you know you're walking in the Spirit? And how frustrating is it when you sort of one step in the Spirit and then two steps in your own sinful nature and and then you're following someone else's opinion and life becomes so crazy and so chaotic. But when we know we're in step with the Spirit, there's a joy, there's an energy. No matter what season you're in, you wake up in the morning saying, God, I know you're with me today, and let's see what's going to happen today. But if you're walking in your own reasoning and, and overwhelmed, you think, oh, not another day. Wonder how am I going to make it through today? And you'll get in survival mode instead of thriving mode. And the Spirit of God comes to bring an overflow in our lives. We won't go through all these in detail, but I was reading a summary of these, and love, it's sacrificial love, it means unmerited deeds to help a needy person. In other words, it's not us, but you're just stirred to reach out and help someone. It's in it, that person in need might be your child or your spouse or a neighbour or someone in church. Joy is an inner happiness not dependent on outward circumstances. That's a great fruit to have, isn't it? Some people just seem to have bubble over with joy they got a reservoir of joy. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. There's a joy that comes as we follow Jesus. Peace, that's a harmony in your soul. Harmony with God and harmony in all of your relationships. Wow, that would be awesome to live like that, wouldn't it? And there are seasons where we do. And God wants to help us. Forbearance. Or Patience putting up with others even when one is severely tried. Wow, that is the toughest one, I think. Patience, kindness, doing thoughtful deeds to others. Sometimes I have a little thought because I've done hundreds of weddings, and I've done hundreds of funerals and you read the eulogy and at funeral, Every now and then I have a passing thought, I wonder what they're going to say at my funeral. I don't dwell on it, I'm not morbid about it, but every now and then I wonder what they'll say. And that's a really healthy challenge every now and then. Oh, if, if there was three words to say about my life, what would they be? That's a good question to ask yourself as you grow and follow Jesus. What would people say about your life when this life is over? That's a really good, it'd be nice to be said, you're a kind person or you're a godly person. Well, you're a gracious person. They'd be some nice words to say. Goodness, showing generosity to others. Faithfulness, trustworthiness and reliability. Gentleness, meekness and humility. Self-control, victory over sinful desires. And these are the fruit or the harvest of the Spirit. The Bible says we are born again by the Spirit of God working within us. We then grow in our relationship and faith and we are led by the Holy Spirit. So we have justification when we're born again, we are restored. And then we have sanctification, which was the outgrowing work of following Jesus. And my question is, how close are you following Jesus today? Are you following at a distance so you don't sort of have him putting too much challenge on your life? Or as some people or fear or unforgiveness got in between you and the view of Jesus, and that's why you only hear some of what he says and the holy spirit wants to help us to make sure there's freedom. Let's read the message version. I love this. Galatians 5:22. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity, we develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life. Wow. Able to marshal and direct our enemy energies wisely. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls sense necessities is Killed off for good, crucified. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original... Oh, you don't have to compare yourself. The enemy will get you comparing with one another, even as Christians. Oh, they're more spiritual. They they pray better, or they've got more freedom in worship, or they know how to love and build a happy family. I wish I was like them. It can be an encouragement, but not a comparison, because you'll always end up better or worse than someone else, and it's a really destructive way to live. Whenever I've started to compare myself with others, I get discouraged, or you become proud, And God says, hey, it's just not the best way. You're an original. God's called you to live out your life empowered by the Spirit, mobilized, motivated, and the fruit of the Spirit grows. To see the fruit of the Spirit grow in our lives, we need to change, to be transformed from the inside. Christian character is produced by the Holy Spirit, not just by moral discipline of trying to live by the law. Have you ever tried to become more patient? It's just hard work, and it's so frustrating because you just get more focused on it, then you realize how impatient you are. And the Lord will make sure there's plenty of tests on it, and the enemy will try and condemn you saying, "Well, you might as well give up. It's too hard." So we're trying to make fruit grow. We're, we're down the, the backyard yelling at the orange tree. Get some oranges on every day. We're yelling at the tree. You don't have to yell at the tree. The orange tree will grow oranges so long as it's got some good soil and got some rain. It will come in season. And so many Christians, So we're so frustrated with ourselves trying to get the fruit to grow when God says, just stay connected to me and the fruit will grow. You can't make it happen, but you can choose to cooperate. And I want to share just a couple of things that um, help release the fruit in our spirit and things that can hinder us. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit produces Christian character and virtues in the believer's life. Just like the banana tree, it will get bananas on it. And sometimes the very things that can be frustrating to us is what makes us grow the fastest or get the sweetest. Bananas love hot, humid weather. The hotter and more humid it is, the quicker the pawpaws and bananas and coconuts grow. And we can get angry at it. Oranges and citrus actually get their sweetness by some frost and cold weather. So some of the very things that we think are frustrating or annoying, God allows because that's what brings the fruit of the Spirit to be ripened and people can get the benefit of it. Don't fight it. Say, God, help me to keep producing fruit in season, out of season. Galatians 5.22 in the Amplified says... But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience. This is what it says about patience. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Uh Uh-oh. I've observed in my life and others, we're sometimes patient in certain areas and impatient in others. Some people are incredibly patient with their kids. But if they're hungry... And someone jumps in the line at the restaurant, they ask, ah, oh, what happened? Or someone cuts them off in traffic, this lovely patient parent all of a sudden turns into something else. Or someone just presses the right button or the wrong button in your soul and says the words, and all of a sudden your patience is gone. We're all like that, that's being human. But the Spirit of God will continue to grow His fruit in our lives. And that's how much He loves us. And that's how His kingdom is revealed through us. And it goes, kindness, goodness, faithful, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character and moral courage, our conduct empowered by The Holy Spirit. I was thinking about a man who typified fruit and spirit in his life. I thought of Caleb. He's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. You realize Caleb and Joshua were two of the 12 leaders. They were princes. They were leaders amongst the children of Israel. One from each tribe. Moses said, go and explore the land. Come back some fruit. Tell us a story. They came back. 40 days. They were out there. Caleb and Joshua said, it's an awesome land, we can take it, let's go. Ten of them said, no, it's an awesome land, but the giants are huge, the cities are wall, and we are like grasshoppers in their sight, we'll get killed. The ten overruled the two, and so they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, one year for every day. They refused to face life with faith. That's a sobering lesson. The other sobering thing is, who can tell me the names of the other ten Spies. No one knows their names. I read them this morning. No one remembers them, but we all remember Jason, Joshua, and Carter because they were people of faith and trusted God. Wow. And the really sad part is when God heard them and they wouldn't respond by faith, it says the ten died instantly. That's what the Bible says. It says God was so angry he struck them dead. Said, You have just you have just caused. A whole generation of people now to wander for 40 years that could have gone in the promised land. They didn't show fruit. I've got it. It says, Caleb, listen to Caleb. He's one of my favorites. 45 years later, he conquered the biggest giants and the biggest mountain in that promised land. When he walked through it, it says, that's mine. Remember, Joshua and Caleb, for 40 years, they went to hundreds of thousands of funerals in 40 years because all their generation died. And how did they keep the faith alive through all that time? This is what the Bible says about Caleb. Caleb, uh, Numbers 14, 24. But because of my servant, Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. I will bring him in the land he went in and his descendants will inherit it. I thought, wow. He had the fruit of the Spirit in his life before the Holy Spirit was poured out. He had the Spirit of God within him. I thought, God, even though tough times come... Our people are going to rise up. Our church is going to rise up. And we're not going to be pushed back or pushed down. No matter what schemes come against the body of Christ in our nation, we will step up, not step down. We will step forward, not step back. The Spirit of God within us will empower us, will equip us. The fruit of the Spirit will overflow our lives so that we show grace and patience when everyone else is losing it. We will show goodness and kindness to people around us even those who might disagree with us God your fruit will flow fruit will grow in our lives if you pull green fruit it sometimes dies or rots it's got to be mature fruit and sometimes we mess up the fruit growing process I'll share some more next week but some of the hindrances of fruit growing is number one if you get disconnected from the branch of the vine You're going to shrivel up and die. Fruit will grow if we stay connected to the vine, to the tree, the the source of life. John 15, 4 says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I believe God says, don't keep striving in your own efforts to become more patient, loving, kind. Just stay connected and the fruit will grow. That's what grace is called. Yes, we have to cooperate. And next week we'll talk about how we need to resist the enemy. How we need to continue to surrender our own desires. The Bible says the old nature or the sinful nature. We've got to keep surrendering it and taking it to the cross regularly. So it's not your desires, it's His desires. It's the fruit of the Spirit that grows. And that's the discipline and process. And next week we'll go through and talk about how to deal with some of those. And let the fruit grow in our hearts and our lives. Let let the freedom come. I'll just read one verse to wrap it up today. Colossians 1, 9 and 10 says, We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. Growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Today, the Spirit of God wants to say, hey, I'm growing fruit in your life. Others can often see it before we do because we look at the weaknesses and our needs and what we still don't have and the enemy will make sure you think about that all the time. The Spirit of God is the God of hope. So He'll come and show you how you've grown and changed. He'll often use the people around you in the church or in your family to say, wow, you used to be so impatient that era, and I can see the grace of God. You used to really lose your peace just so quickly but I see that peace coming over your life. You used to be always thinking about yourself, but now I see you're being kind and you're looking and and feeling and touching other people's hearts. And I thank God for the family of God because this is where we grow in the fruit of the Spirit and our families and our community can draw close to us individually and corporately and and take some peace because that's the fruit they need. They can take a piece of goodness and say, wow, my workplace is not much goodness, but I thank God that you're here because you reveal goodness. And that's that's what Jesus does because the fruit of the spirit is actually the nature of Jesus because he was filled without measure in the spirit. So if you want to know what Jesus looks like, just look at the fruit of the spirit and see them keep growing in your life. Let's stand in his presence today. Next week we'll uh, continue that on then we're going to talk about the gifts of the spirit because we need to just remember that the Holy Spirit without the Holy Spirit none of us can do it. None of us can make it. Without the Holy Spirit, it's just hard work. And that's what religion is. Religion is hard work, trying to please God and keep yourself under control. The Spirit of God works from the inside out, and He releases you. He helps you face your temptations. He gives you courage to crucify the old nature. He gives you encouragement when you're doing well, and He will gently nudge and remind you when you can do better. But he does it in a way that will draw you to Jesus because when you see him, you see the Father. And when you see Jesus and the Father, you see the fruit of the Spirit because that's what he's come to reveal. And I want you this week, not think about what fruit you don't have. Thank God for the fruit that has grown in your life. The people in your family or life group or circle of friends, why don't you this week be a fruit inspector? For the right reasons, not trying to find all the spots and speckles. Well, that's a bit out of shape. That apple, that's no good. We'll throw that one out. Well, that banana's a bit overripe. We'll throw that. No, why don't you be a fruit inspector for the right reasons? Say, hey, I'm amazed how you've grown in goodness. I'm really encouraged to see how you've really asked God to help you grow in kindness. I can feel peace coming out of your soul when others are just in turmoil and anxiety and fear? Why don't we be fruit inspectors for the right reasons, not the wrong reasons? Let's close our eyes for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Just take a moment to thank Him. Thank Him that the Spirit of God lives within us. Oh, Lord, I thank you for the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, God, I thank you. We thank you for the fruit of the Spirit that brings life and trance forms us and the Lord is filling us and overflowing us and people around us can feel your love Lord they can take they can take a fully formed piece of love from our hearts and they will be connected to you because they experience it I pray that in Jesus name maybe today as Marilyn shared before you've never really encountered this amazing Jesus you know about him you've heard of him people have shared with him but maybe you've never really opened your heart to Jesus. Maybe it's the first time you've been in church for a while. And today I feel him saying, come and follow me. I want to bring fruit in your life, good fruit, not bad fruit. I want to help transform you so you can live a blessed life. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart and made him Lord of your life, or well, you need to reconnect or reaffirm your faith. Right now we want to pray for you and give you an opportunity to meet this amazing Jesus, to move from sin and selfishness, into a place of freedom and forgiveness and hope and love because you'll be blessed and everyone else around will be so glad. If God's drawing your heart to you, say, that's me. I know I need to get right with God or I need to come back to Him. If that's you, just lift your hand. are please. please pray for me, Pastor Ross. I want to be included in this prayer. Just lift your hand and say, that's me. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. Who else? Just lift your hand and say, that's me. I, I just feel I've never done this or I need to come back to God. Who else? Quickly, just lift your hand and say, that's me. Spirit of God's doing people right now. There are some believers here and you realize for whatever reason under pressure that you reverted back to selfish old ways of coping and it's not real pleasant. But the Spirit of God's just saying, hey, come, 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 reconnect because I want to flow with you. We're going to sing this chorus once. If you put your hand up or you'd like to connect or reconnect to Jesus, I'd like to pray with you, my wife and I and the team. I'd like to invite you to come and just join us at the front. We're not going to embarrass you, but I want to lead you in a prayer, and I'd love to meet with you. Just come and join us. If God's called you, you need to come or reconnect with Jesus. Maybe you didn't put your hand up and say, Hey, that's me. My heart's beating fast. There are others here I know. Just come quickly right now as we pray. We'd love to meet with you. Come with a family member or friend. Just come right now in Jesus' name. Let's worship Him. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.